Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Live, and Jay Mack. How are you, brother? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, just working away here in the office. Uh, it's good fun. It's good fun. Clean to do. Nice. What are you focused on, young man? Got a few things going on. I'm just setting up um, all my to-dos for the guys when they're back and sort of um, streamlining that so we can, it just rolls into every job. So, um, yeah, it's been good. And, yeah, also started with um, BuildExact for pricing. So uh, me and my project manager have been sort of learning that together over the last week or so, which is good. Nice. How's it going? It's good. Uh, it's a lot of stuff to input and put in there so that we've got our cost codes and things. Um, but it's one of those painful things you just got to do once and be done with it, um, which is good. And it can update supplier costs uh, pricing-wise because we all know that's going to go up over the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's good. I don't have to manually enter all that stuff. And again, it just will update when they send me the new costs. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. All right, so let's crack into it. What today is about is basically last year when we had the lockdown, uh, Armageddon was coming. We didn't know if work was going to fall off a cliff or what would happen. And today we know that the economy's bounced back stronger, demand is up a truckload. And it's really thinking about how you come through this over the next sort of 30 days or so to really position your business to crush it on the way up, particularly with hiring price rises, materials, and making sure that you are, you know, got the right guys to be able to fulfill your projects. So we want to make this as interactive as possible. So yeah, whenever you guys have a question or anything like that, type it in and we'll unmute you and we'll crack into it. All right. So we want you to walk away with at least three actions today of what you can do to go forward. And Peter, if you could just adjust the next slide, please. Hey, who's that handsome guy? Oh, yeah. Nice. So typically when uh, something happens, you know, it's not negative or positive. It's how we think about it. And so I think Russ had a guy, one of his key foremen, leave last year. And, you know, Russ, you know, what was your mindset then? Well, it's something I should have done ages ago, but I was too worried about what happened if he left. But the impact of that one particular guy on the rest of my team was huge. He didn't actually realize that to what actually happened, you know. So I got myself in a mindset of worrying about what his input and what he was doing, but I didn't get in a, you know, because it's not just about the building on the tools. It's not just about on the tools. So it's the overall impact that a one one player has in your team. And um, yeah, that was, that was really interesting, you know, and I procrastinated and didn't make the decision early enough. And I think we all we all do that at times, and we've all done it. And it's uh, yeah, that, how do you stop that procrastination? And uh, like you say, Marty, from this this lockdown to from the last one, man, we know that we got we got a lot of work to do in the future. So it's a totally different mindset. Well, not needed, but um, we can be really positive. We, we can put the doubts away now, and the, and the 100%, doubts. One hundred percent. And at yeah. times like this, people. Typically, either one of two places, you either contract, go inwards, be reactive, think the sky's falling, or lead. Reframe this is a great time to put systems in place to take 
advantage of the demand and hire the right people and basically build a resilient business as you grow. Peter, can you change the slide, please? Thank you. So I guess, how resilient is your business? So when I mean resilient, what I mean is how systemized is your marketing? Like, do you have six to 12 months worth of work booked out? Are you constantly coming in above 20% GP on your projects? Have you earned the right to grow? Like, do you get within 5% of the labor hours on each job? And lastly, do you understand the levers in your business to adjust the numbers and improve your profit cash flow margin? So I'd like you to rate yourself, give yourself a rating now, type it into the box from either 10, I'm the man, or one, uh, the business isn't very resilient. Ten point five, nice. Come on, John. You can do it. Type in a number. Don't be shy. Oh, nice. Seven. Right. Uh, what areas do you guys most need to build resiliency in the business? Sales and marketing team and systems, or numbers and pricing? Numbers and pricing for me. Okay. okay. And, and in which particular area? Is it, is it pricing the job? Is it back costing in real time? Is it controlling it on the way through? Is it understanding what levers? Control, yeah, I've been working through the the, the worksheets and, and, and stuff like that, but it's the levers. Um, going in with a higher margin now i'm getting everything qs'd um and we're just um capitalizing on all the marketing that that is going well um and this and the booked work is going well so we've got the um we've got the funnel working so we can start to uh, tighten the screws a bit um during the projects um and come out with a better gp awesome and not miss stuff along the way, obviously, with QSing. Yeah, 100%. And are you doing the pricing yourself or how are you doing your QSing? No, I'm outsourcing my QS now. Mm -hmm. And how's that going? Really good. Yeah, we've got um, a pretty good relationship with, with our QS. Um, they do all of our – every project now, everything gets QSed. Uh, we then take those numbers – and put them into our construction proposals. Um, you know, so we've we've we're dealing with the with the with the numbers that they're coming in from from our QS. Where it's not me just building the old school style how I was taught was to build the house in your head, add the labour, add the materials, this and that, go through. It's just a long long winded version. This breaks it down a lot. Um, they check everything as well, which is good, and make sure quantities are good. Um, and then, yeah, it's just a matter of uh, getting the uh, getting the, the processes having it and, and the boys doing what they need to do on site to be coming out the other end with um, with the right sort of um, profit margin. Nice, nice. It'd be really interesting, David, to see over the next three six months your cost of the QSing at to what stage you then have an in-house QS. Exactly, and I've been. Yeah, yeah, Ross. Yep, definitely. Um, I've already kept a track of um, the last 12 months QS um, and I reckon I can put on 
I could put on a, a full time QS if I needed to. It's just it's pretty it's pretty up there. It's uh it's really interesting. I was having a really good discussion yesterday about it and, and cost of my QS, etc. But my QS is actually a QS a project manager and salesperson all in one. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's, it's and there's a, there's a there's still plenty out there that, that can have that ability, you know. And it's, yep. it's interesting. So you go all oh, the QS is a lot, but actually mm. that QS to price that job, then actually be able to do the variations, do the on site as well. Yeah, it so can be actually really good. So yeah, interesting to watch your watch your journey with that. Cool. All right. Now the, the next part is how resilient are you? So what's your mindset like? What are you putting in your body? Are you do you have your structure for your perfect week, your default diary set, and how well do you stick to it? Where would you rate your resilience? Because I know uh, when I'm doing 75 hard and I'm eating clean and I'm sticking to my daily program, my I'm bulletproof. When I stop doing that or I start watching the news or any of that crap, then uh, it, it takes quite a hit. John, do you want to go on this one, mate? Well, there's not too many people to choose from, is there? Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you want me to answer? How resilient am I? Well, I think I've, um, I've got better with this. Um, having my default diary, um, we were mentioning this in some comments the other day on our members page. It, it changed my life. I always used a diary and an online one at that, but I didn't put everything into it. And so there were so many gaps um, where I thought I was free, but I had so much to do. So now I just write a to-do list once a week and fill, fill it up. And, um, and it makes, takes it all out of my head. So my resilience to things coming in, yeah, I leave gaps. There's always things that come up. Um, leave a few gaps to solve a few problems, but you just take away those tasks that, oh, when am I going to get to doing that? Well, you've put time aside to do it. So um, my lovely my lovely wife sitting over here is taking full credit and dancing around happy saying, yeah, I, I did that to you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I'm still doing it now. Even though we're in lockdown, I'm putting in the things I need to do each day to, you know, to tick them off. Um, it, it just made it so much easier. So my resilience to, to that is good. Um, and it's sort of kept us going through through being locked down. Um, we can plan what's coming up. I got my project manager working from home hard out. He's he's got every order for the next three months booked in and scheduled and stays flat out. It's good. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. It's um it's it, I just a little bit about my resilience. I've had a pretty average last few months, but with some health issues and my dad passed away, etc. And um, but my business is resilient. And my mindset is resilient. And a bit like Marty said, I'm keeping myself healthy and well, healthy now and, um, and fresh and fit and eating well. But I have been reflecting in this lockdown about my last lockdown. Um, and my biggest fear um, is actually not doing the things that I said I'd do, which is from the last lockdown, this lockdown, we're all in lockdown. We go, oh, remember last lockdown, we said we do this, this and this. And, and a lot of us haven't probably done it. You know, I want to do more fishing and more things like that. But one mm. of the things I've talked to a few people about over this week was, what was the scariest thing about lockdown? And no one said about the virus. No one's ever talked about the virus at all. Yeah. What they've always talked about, shit, my business and my money, I've got no money coming in. But to be honest with you, if you follow some of the TPV rules and guidelines and we help you, 
that's probably, in my mind, one of the easiest things to do. <laughs> it's, it's about taking time out to do things for yourself, you know, and that's what I've really reflected on. And, and my, my, um, yeah, my, my mindset is very good. Um, the business is the least of it, but I've been doing it for a while and, and I do follow those guidelines and, 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 and got good processes, you know. So it's interesting eh, when you think about the, you know, the virus and what, how it impacts on us. Mm. None of us are really worried about the virus. I mean, hey, in the back of our mind, surely, but we're all worried about our businesses, but the steps yeah. leading up to this, we haven't sometimes done things particularly well. So it's a really good time to reflect on, on what we're going to do after this lockdown, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, which is which is what I'm doing at the moment, which is actually quite, yeah, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's also it's good stuff. Yeah, just on the virus, are you guys vaccinated or are you going to get vaccinated? Yep. Uh, I'm booked in. Um, so, yeah, my local vet you know, doctors or whatever. So it's not till uh, October, early October, which I can get in there. Yeah. Um, so I've, yeah. I've got my second one today at 11 o'clock. So I've just missed it, but I'll do it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> How'd it go? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks. I had a coffee and a chocolate chippy biscuit instead. I'm sure that'll work. <laughs> oh, It'll be fine. David, did um, you notice yeah, I'm, any, any I'm, I'm vaccinated. Um, buddy, just coming in there. Apologies for getting in late. So I, I don't know what I did there. Um, but yeah, I'm vaccinated. One of my boys is vaccinated, but the other ones made the choice not to vaccinate. Yeah, sure. And did you notice, like, did you notice, uh, I don't know, any, because I'm going to go get it next month as well, same as John. And I'm just wondering, you know, like, did, how far apart did you space them? Did you notice any? Um, I, I mean, in terms of, um, after the vaccination, yeah, I had a, a sore arm and yeah, a bit of snivels and what have you, um, but nothing sort of major. Um, my wife is a clinical pharmacist, so yeah, we instead of the three week, um, she very clearly stated no that we should be at six weeks intervals, um, based on the efficacy um, afterwards. So yeah, we're waiting on the second one, but we'll gotcha. obviously wait the I think it's four weeks time now for me for the second one, but I've had the first one. Uh, my one guy has had both. Awesome. Um, but the other one, he's made a choice um, not to. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Clooney won't need to get vaccinated though, because he's in the peak physical condition being a young buck. And I don't think anything will affect him. <laughs> oh, you're on mute, Sammy. They're targeting them, targeting the young fellas. So Rip. we're the yep. ones at risk at this one. Yep. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, you get to be young fellas. Yeah, I got my first vaccine. I have. Oh, nice. Oh, did nice. you notice anything? What, like, like did you grow <laughs> a second head or superhuman <laughs> strength? Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's a, an extra finger. <laughs> I had to um, <laughs> lead role to be honest, be the role model because couldn't really afford the extra paperwork for all the ones that are not that willing to take it, despite having to not discriminate. Um, yeah. But yeah, with ours, ours as a team, everyone's been willing to take it except one. Um, and that's fine. Like I've got Sarah working on what we actually need to take. But there are different um, protocols that we have to consider. And to be honest, six months down the track, if you look at um, the other countries around the world and how they're taking it, it becomes a yes or no, to be honest. Are you, you know, have you been vaccinated twice? And it's actually kind of scary because it is what it will be soon and it will actually restrict like I've sort of mentioned to the boys as well, like it's going to restrict you personally in the future. I'm definitely not one to be pushing it on them. I'm just saying that, to be honest, it's a, just the way of life and it's going to be. Um, 
Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. This whole vaccine passport, and you know, like if you go to a restaurant and it's like, have you been vaccinated, or you go to the gym, or yeah, it'd be intriguing. All right, let's move on. Talk about business, Peter. Can we go to the next slide, please, young man? Keep going. All right, so it is business as usual, and what we we're just talking about. You need the systems in place to hire and train your people, sales and marketing, bring in the jobs, and then obviously numbers and pricing. And each month, Peter, we go through these numbers and the mastermind. How are you guys going with bringing in the numbers and clarity on focus? Are you clear what your next step and biggest area to work on is? What's the biggest area that's going to make the most difference is it hiring is it improving productivity and margin on site what is going to make the biggest difference type that into the box i'll let russ chat a little bit about what he's focused on biggest opportunities for him whilst i use the small voice room yeah my my biggest opportunities are well, it's, it's, it's really, it's absolutely really, really busy, which is a good thing. And it's just, first and foremost, my, my key two points uh, over this lockdown, and we're in lockdown for another couple of weeks up in Auckland, um, is actually reaching out. I mean, without staff, I have no business. Without clients, I have no business. So staff and my clients are my first and foremost focus. So I've been staying in contact with my, with my staff a lot because some of those guys are worried. Not as worried this lockdown. Last lockdown, we're all worried if we had jobs or not. This lockdown is different. So it's actually, it's communicating, keeping my team together. Um, my guys have been sharing, we were on Facebook Messenger together. We've been sharing little projects that have been doing around the home. It's been, and you know, a few old photos and things. So it's pretty cool. Um, we've already cleared up our hours we want to work. We've got daylight saving coming up. We don't generally work Saturdays. We're just making a bit of formation, a team of actually trying to be out, trying to make up this last four weeks. You know, we've already talked about our Christmas holidays, you know. Do we, do, will we come back three or four days early? What does that look like and all those sort of things? So we haven't decided 100% on that. But yeah, it's just, just formatting plan going early. Um, we know we're going to have heaps of work. We've got jobs that are going. We know there's shortages of materials. How do we how do we best um, alleviate those issues and all, the, and all those sort of things? So yeah, working on a whole lot of things, but mainly, mainly my staff at the moment and mainly my clients. Um, one of the biggest things for the clients at the moment, who's in, who's in level three at the moment? Are you guys in level three? Yeah, South Island. Well... From Auckland down, really? Yeah, it's prejudice. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> still, we're still level four. So one, if you're in level four store, the key thing is actually to reach out still to your clients because, yeah, at level at level three, most of our clients' kids because we're renovating, of course, so we're in people's homes. So a lot of their kids are still at home. So you, you can't just bowl up on uh, seven thirty on, on on Monday morning. You need to be mm. able to speak to your clients. Are they actually happy for you to be in? To, to, to be in their house, can you do the protocols, the mask, the two meter, all those sort of bits and bobs? Are you going to have little bubbles in your team? So you, that's one of the things I'm working on now is my little my health response. And we did it last time, but once again, um, it's just got a, it's just another layer of things that you have to do. It's not that hard, it's not overwhelming, but yeah, communicate with your clients um, where that where they're at because they're all sitting there going, "Wow, we're not going to get our houses done," you know. Um, so you communicate with your clients, and then obviously. You know your sub trades and all those sort of things. Just because we are ready to go next week, or a couple of weeks when we're back in, it doesn't mean my sub trades are ready to go. You know, so that that's probably the thing that I'm working on working on the most. Um, I guess you guys at level three have probably already done that, or 
or in the process of doing that. But yeah, without staff, you have no business. Without clients, you have no business. So those are two people, first and foremost, that I'm communicating with and talking to with, you know, re very regularly, regularly, you know. So, uh, hiring is a big focus and we've just been doing a, um, updating a training on hiring perfect diary for these people, how to run a constant hiring system. Uh, would that be helpful for you guys if we were to do a specific hiring uh, training on that in a couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. We've been um, actively trying to hire since the uh, start of the year. We've, we've you know, always got our um, Facebook uh, pinned to our, our um, Facebook page as a, as a job application. Um on our website, there's a careers page, um, that sort of thing, and I think where where we live, we're a little bit more isolated than the um, than the city folk. Uh, being, you know, not far from Christchurch, but we've still got um, that, and we always will have that lack of depth when it comes to qualified uh, tradespeople uh, in Hanma. So um, we've had to, you know, make our own progress our own systems on the fly when it comes to hiring so um it's just a challenge even even people in in the in the bigger cities are, are finding it hard to get staff because there's such a shortage in the country overall at the moment so it's not just a rural problem it's a it's a national problem and um we need to sort of um you know make make some sort of um roadways into getting some more qualified staff so looking at apprenticeships um it's a long-term investment, but um, apprenticeships are going to be vital for this country, uh, for New Zealand in in, um, in the coming years. So we're looking at starting, and I always have, uh, getting that ground uh, grassroots employees uh, come up through the ranks. But like, like everyone else, we need, we need qualified guys to come and take care of some of the um, pressure that's on the sales board here because the work demand's not slowing down, that's for sure. Yeah. So, so time now to focus on building a better hiring system. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So building building better hiring systems and and, and systems that work for the individual, um, and you know, getting getting the culture right, getting a team structure right, um, and and developing your own um, your own staff staff culture and, and employment culture and, and longevity of your staff that are already um, that you've already got. Yeah, 100%. So if we were to put something together, training in depth, get a couple of members who are on the line who are doing it well, would that be helpful? Yep, 100%. Okay. Also, cool. just a, a little addition is also what to do with the current situation, uh, especially speaking to a lot of members recently. Australia, uh, the demand's so high, people who just go out on their own, even the young ones, are just charging arm and the leg because they can because the demand's so high. Right, so they're trying to control that as well as New Zealand and even in Northern Hemisphere, a lot of issues with quality. A lot of people coming through, there's no quality coming through. So hmm. how to really get that quality? Yeah, just reading those comments from, from Mark, you know, and, and I can, these are in the box here. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I, I've been, it's basically, no, I've had apprentices all my life and trained them really well and done really well with it. And that's been a core part of my business. So um, am I struggling now? Yeah, I could do with some more tradespeople. But one of the key people, one of the key things is, the obviously, we've got to hire for sure if we can hire, great. But they are wanting a lot of money at the moment because it's, you know, it's a buyer's market, really. Um, well, you know, seller's market, so to speak. So one of the key things is 
your marketing has to go hand in hand with with your with your staff. So it's no point me doing a two million dollar architectural build on the side of a hill if my staff can't do it. Because although it might be a big project, I'm not going to be able to do it to make great profit. So my marketing for what my type of jobs that I'm trying to do, and there's a lot of jobs out there, is going hand in hand with my staff that I have got. So I've had some pretty good projects lately that actually aren't really highly qualified jobs, you know. So so it's actually having a little thing outside the square about that. Just because it's a massive big job that's really tricky to do, you need expert staff, you know. Um, does your marketing suit your team? And I'm not saying don't have a good, you know, like Marty says, you need a really good um, plan to hire staff as well. Absolutely, we, we're still, still going to do that. It's tough, but it's not impossible. Um, people come and go. I've been trying to do a little bit of late and, and I've got a new guy starting. We actually started the, the day after lockdown, so it hasn't actually started yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I find that if I can target my marketing around the sort of jobs I do, um, it, it works really well for my staff that can do those jobs. And and some of my young apprentices that I started last year, one of the guys is about to start his own little project. He's only been with me for a year, you know? So yeah, just consider that as well, your marketing to match your, your staff as well. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Right, Peter, can you go to the next slide, please, my man? We will book in a um, we'll book in a training in a few weeks on everything hiring. Awesome. Our first female, Russ had a female, Mark. I mean, Russ didn't have a female. He's had several. Russ had a female. <laughs> a couple of wives as well. <laughs> employee, yes. Yeah. Uh, new territory for us. Awesome. All right. So mindset is everything. So key th key things are what are you putting in your brain? So uh, I've always been a big reader because I figure if someone's taken a lifetime to figure out how to do something and they write a book, then I can short circuit that and read it in, in a week or so. So what are you putting in your mind? And what stuff should you be doing less of? So what are you putting in your mind? Has anyone got any great books? Are you using Audible every day? Yeah, so we're, I've, I've got myself an Audible subscription and it's probably one of the best things that I've done for my own mental well-being. Um, I've got some more credits coming up, so I was just writing down those ones that you just displayed there. So, um, yeah, reading, um, meditation... That you know, yeah, that, that sort of thing, Marty. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, David. Say yeah. that again. Oh, so look, oh, yeah, I've been been reading um, these books here. Um, not these two in particular, but other other ones. And, and Audible's been a great um, step for that. Um, you know, I've got you know, diaries and stuff that I've, you know, using to um, get all my stuff out of my head and into into um, processes and and things that I can see um, and meditation in the morning it's been good got a bit lax over lock uh, level four um, so it's all well, the sleeping sort of took over but um, then again you know my habits um, change a little slightly the forced holiday but um, yeah being being mentally tough is can be a challenge but it also can be quite bloody rewarding really um, to watch to watch it um, to watch yourself um you know break out of your shell and i think and it, and it 
and it reflects on on my staff as well because I get um, I get the emails and the and the newsletters from you know some of these some of these authors and things that put out newsletters after the after the after the book and uh, and I send them off to the to the um, staff every every week you know with some really good um, uh, mental um, practices and things like that so they they enjoy it they get it they get they respond to it well as well. Hundred percent. This is a brilliant book that I'm reading at the moment. Legacy about the All Blacks. It's really about leadership. Oh, is I don't it? want to know about them. Hey, <laughs> that's it, <Junior>. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Wallabies are hardly going to write a book. No, no, <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't be worth a paper that's written on at the moment. <laughs> this is a brilliant book. The Great Game of Business, hundred best business books of all time. I'll put some photos up of these. This yeah. Tim Ferriss one is, I wish I'd got it on Audible. It's ridiculously thick. But it go, he interviews people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, almost every successful person you can think of, uh, Roger Federer, and then he gets them, Scott Adams, who created Dilbert, Seth Godin, Tony Robbins, and he gets them to say, what's your best strategy for mindset fitness yada 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 so it's absolutely brilliant highly recommend giving it a crack and if anyone who is looking for uh mindset stoicism this guy here marcus aurelius i'll take photos of these and drop them in afterward meditations is brilliant absolutely brilliant oh and another brilliant one ryan holiday the obstacle is the way. Top five business books that I've read of all time. The obstacle is the way. It's genius. It's just about reframing the shit that happens to you and going, okay, I am where I am because of my past actions. If I want to be somewhere better in 90 days or 12 months, then I need to change what I'm doing. And so the obstacle, what you're frustrated about, whether it's lack of cash flow, lack of jobs, lack of employees, whatever it is, that's the shining light to focus on and get that fixed over the next 90 days. And then life is going to be a truckload better. Oh, lunch. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, can you tell mommy I'll be about 15 minutes? Thank you. What's everyone having for lunch? Does everyone have a chef like a lovely wife? Yes. 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 Oh, yes. I'm going with uh, salmon. John. Hey, you, you'll get a clip around the back of the head, John, if you're not careful. Nah, she's gone out of the office, mate. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's get into some of the specific tactics. Has everyone gone through and had a look at the action checklist, the 78.1? If you haven't, that's okay. Have a look at it. Go through. And what it does is it gives you a score at the end. And it goes through bit by bit with uh, we've just updated it with cash flow strategies, um, what you should be doing with your team, etc. And I'll hand it over to Russ now and talk through a little bit about dealing with clients. If you could go back to the clients slide, Peter, that's the one, and go to the clients one. Should be the next one. Bam! Probably, probably uh, Too quick on the trigger, up. Pete. Go back, Pete. There oh, you are. Bam. Sorry. All right, Russ. And we would love to get your guys' feedback. What are you doing with clients at this stage? And Russ, take it away. Yeah, so one of the things is that I'm doing at the moment because we're still locked down is actually communicating with my clients. So I've been communicating about my clients in the, the, through this lockdown. But also 
prior to lockdown because we've been in this for a little while now. So our last lockdown was 100 odd, 150 days ago. So we should have already been communicating about the situations like that may possibly occur in the future. And now with our new jobs going through and our, our clients that we're looking at getting, we should be communicating once again about you know, delays and materials, price increases and all those sort of things. So we've got to be forward planning for our, our next lot. But, but right at the moment, all my clients know that prices are going to go up. We talked about a few months ago at TPB about our contract clauses. So I have clauses in my contract already about price increases. So it's still communicating with them about those. It's like if you do a job and you and you foresee a, a variation that's not actually on the plan, it's really nice to communicate that early with your client. So when you actually present that variation, they've already known about it. So you're almost preempting the, the situation. So I'll be talking to clients now about, hey, yeah, obviously lockdown's over, things are going up, supplies are hard. So we need to be always forward planning for that, that to, to almost condition them for the for what's happening in the future. Because we actually don't know, but we know there's labor shortages, we know there's material shortages, we know there's materials delays, um, shortages with sub-trades and contractors and all that sort of stuff. But one of the things is letting them know you actually have a plan in place. So all my clients already know what's going to happen on the day one of when we get out of lockdown. So they, they know a plan, your builders know a plan, we all know what the plan is. Now, I've had a couple of jobs that should be finished by Christmas because that, for whatever reason in the building industry, always try and finish a job by Christmas. It's not going to happen. My Portaloo people, my scaffold people, all those people, all my subbies have already uh, have given me three weeks leave. No one's charging us now. So I don't know if you guys shouldn't be charging for any of that stuff now if you're not working. So all my scaffold, all my, all my everything at the moment for my contractors is all on freeze. You know, so I'm not paying for scaffold while we're sitting in lockdown. But going forward... I already know that my scaffold companies, especially on two of my big jobs, have already given me a three-week, um, you know, free free time over, over Christmas. I already already have already organised that before the job started. Hey, it looks like we may not be finished by Christmas. Um, we might start after Christmas, but if we start before Christmas, can you give us a three-week break over Christmas? So it's just preparing for everything going forward like that. Um, that, that that's a key thing. But going forward with your new job, if you sign up a job next week. Um, you know, it's, it's about, I, I do my payments every week now. I used to do them every fortnight, but for a while I started doing them every fortnight. I, back in the old days, I was always every week, and I started going every fortnight. Now I, now I invoice every single week, and I still pay my deposit and invoice. Um, I don't do any jobs or retentions. I don't, if anyone's doing jobs or retentions, they can be a really pain these times. And also one of the clauses as well is about your code of compliance. So you do your, you do your code of compliance, and you wait for three months for all the paperwork to go in, and you still haven't been paid. So you need to have a very strong clause in your contract that says you get paid after your initial inspection and you've been signed off by the council. And then you need to have a fee for actually doing the code of compliance if you choose to do the application for your client, you know? So all those all those little bits and pieces, those little bits of cash that come here, you know, come in. I'm not, just not working for nothing, put it that way. You're not, you're not ripping anyone off. You're just, just doing the work and expect to be paid for it. A lot of us do all that work and all that effort for no income. But we shouldn't be doing that. Russell, just on that note, um, in regards to your weekly payments um, invoice every week, are you basing that on um, how is your preferred structure? Are you doing that on um, obviously percentage of work or is that based on what's actually across the board in terms of charge up or are you sitting there with jobs where you're going um, sections or are you just um, doing so for, for charge ups? It's just purely hours and materials as they come in. Yeah. Um, 
that, that's pretty pretty straightforward. And if there's any variations, they're signed off, of course, before they happen, before they start, and that's just charged out. With the other jobs, we're just doing a, a percentage of the work. Um, never used to. I used to just do a have a flat flat fee, but I've, I've worked out now quite a good way of doing a percentage, and it's actually quite easy. Um, one of the key things you have to also work out if you're doing charge-up is your sub-trades. Um, what's your agreement with your sub-trade? For example, I got a bill the other day for $20,000 for an electrician. It's a pretty big job. Um, but if my clients haven't paid me, my electrician realises that he needs to wait as well. Because if your client hasn't paid you and you've got to pay your, your invoice on time, what's happening? So your, your, your electrician or your plumber or someone, your subcontractor gives you an invoice, but you, you haven't done your regular invoice with your client, well, then you're liable for the subcontractor, not the client, because your contract's with you. So have you got a client with your subcontractor, your Sparky, for that, or how are you dealing with that? Yeah, so my, I've got a, basically, we have a, um, so the electrician will come for me, for example, we'll put our margin on it, that gets sent to the client, who know, it's a charge-up job, he knows our business we put on it, but if I haven't done my office work and sent my invoice out to the client for the electrical work, I'm still obligated to pay the electrician, but we have a, a standing agreement that he'll get paid and we get paid, you know? So, and, and he's my, my regular electrician I've used for years. So it's quite, a, it's quite a good thing, you know, but what it means is that especially over lockdown, my office lady's not here. She, she, she had to get organized yesterday and get all those invoices out to my clients. Mark, Mark Taylor might have a uh, question on this, Mark. Mark, can you hear us, Mark? Come in, Mark. He's muted. Mark, Mark. Yeah, but not in spirit. It's about those. It's, 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 <laughs> it, it, something. it's really key at the moment about relationships. And if you even talk to your subbies, and we had a TPB um, webinar a few weeks ago, didn't we, Marty? Um, yeah. With our mate from Placemakers, etc. And 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 that it's, it's about at the moment. It's about relationships. Mm. You know, building relationships with your subbies, and, and they're going to look after the existing clients. They're not taking any new clients on. And I found I found that my my relationship with my subbies and my suppliers is really strong, so I'm actually getting really good service. They're looking after us um, because they know that we're here for the long game and we're going to be loyal to them. So relationships at the moment. So, hey, have you, in this lockdown, have you reached out to your rep from placemakers or carters or ITM? Have you reached out to your plumber, your electrician, your tiler, your painter? Have you been communicating with those people? I, I have been, that's what I do. So every time, um, every day I'm making three or four calls to those people because it's about those relationships and it, more so than not nowadays, you know, because the materials are the materials. We can shop around, sure, but at the moment, it's not even about shopping around for the materials. It's just about, can we get the materials? And if you've got a clause in your contract that the materials have gone up, like they have, then it's not an issue, really. I mean, it's sad, but the client has to pay for it. If they want something built, they're going to have to pay the extra cost. It's not on our back. And reading one of the comments earlier, just before what one of our members, about last lockdown, he took on too much. He took on some of that debt. There's no need to. Any of you guys watch the uh, NZCB webinar yesterday, the day before yesterday, the LBP days? Um, the uh, Martelli McKegg um, guy, lawyer there, had a pretty good um, presentation on um, the, the contracts and clauses in, in the NZCB um, contracts relating to price increases and that. So it's worth worth a watch there too. Yeah, that, that'd, be my lawyers for, that'd be my lawyers for years when I haven't never gone to a breakfast yet. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> they invite me <laughs> yeah I know uh, 
Master Builders also has it in their contracts. We use theirs, um, and it's been a clause that's been there pre-COVID and all of that, um, stating price increases to be passed on. So mm. it's about, I, I find, like Russell said, it's about educating those clients now more than ever about that because we know what's happening. We know delays are happening. Um, and as long as they know and understand, it's not really, it's not new to them. That's what I find. Yeah, if someone's building a house for seven hundred thousand, if it's now going to cost them seven thirty, they'll still build it. If you're yeah. renovating for three hundred fifty-three thousand, if it's going to cost you three hundred sixty thousand, three hundred seventy thousand because the materials are going up, they're still going to do it. And one of the things I talked about our clients is that is about yeah, because you want to sell them the rosy picture, and the picture is rosy. Look at the house values. Mm. Mm. We're still we're still putting some our materials have gone up, our labour's gone up. 10, 15 percent, whatever it may be, but freaking houses have gone up by billions. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? That didn't come up in the panel uh, thing, panel that we did a month ago. That didn't come up. That's a great selling point. That um, yeah, that I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm always talking about yeah. yeah, clients. Look at look, we've gone up, but look at the value, you know. Yeah. And and yeah. I still try and plug that to all my um, pre-existing customers and and new ones coming in. It's, it's always going to be uh, cheaper at the moment to build than buy. So, and it's really interesting is that people's people store what they want, still what they what want what they want. So you go, hey, look, we won't do your Vitex deck. We can do a pine deck, but then they'll go, oh, I really like the Vitex. Yep. Just bloody do it then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's your biggest investment in your life. Yeah, Mark's got a, it's funny, I had a client that had a cost price of 900K, needed it reduced to 700K, then he decided to wait. That same house is now 150K extra and he has to wear the cost he wishes he built last year and now wants to go ahead as soon as possible. Yep, I've got um, one like that too. Yeah, the good thing is it'll be another year or two, it's going to be more more anyway, so he's, he's saving himself now. Exactly, well, that's the thing, dead right. Yeah. All right, Peter, let's skip ahead, buddy. We're... Um, Right, so marketing, obviously, you know, it's a different environment at the moment. Key thing with marketing is if you uh, if you've got a truckload of leads coming in, you can pick and choose the right kind of jobs. You can get booked out in advance. You can try to higher margin. And the biggest thing to is to improve your message. So make sure that you've got those five key concerns covered off, John McKenzie, when you are marketing to your clients. So trustworthiness and show them the systems. Communication, how you're going to communicate. So what's going to happen before the job, communication beforehand, during the job, are you using project management software, et cetera. Quality of workmanship. So if you happen to have a bunch of master builders awards or you happen to have great systems, testimonials, et cetera, show those and really show the skills that your team has to deliver these projects. Well, John's so, buggered then. What's that, mate? John's buggered then. Hey, don't be like that. Come on, Russ, come on. You've still got to do my office lady's deck yet. So, so case studies. It if just you don't have any case, what's that? John, I've actually got, John or Sam, I've actually got some small jobs that I need done around the house. Uh, if, you, if you've got nothing better to do and you'd love to pop around one day. I'll give you Russell Clark's email address. Yeah. My, my, my partner's just set up a new business. He's perfect for you, mate. She, pro, she, pro, she property care. 
It's all, all online, ready to go. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Are yeah. you going to turn up and price the job? No, 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 no. That's woman, woman only. Woman only. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. All right. So, marketing. Do you have your website as a direct response website? Do you have the right number of leads coming in to hit your target? So if you know that, hey, we need to do one job at 250K a month to get to our three mil, great. How many jobs do you need to price? And how many leads do you need to get those priced? So do you need 10 leads to price three jobs to land one contract at the right margin and the right size? And then all we do, marketing is math, math, maths. So we work backwards, right? I can say that again very slowly for anyone in the South Island. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Whoa, that's like that's fighting, fighting talk there, mate. <laughs> yeah, it talks cheap. Uh, so does that make sense? Do yeah. I get a hell yeah? Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, so just work backwards from your ideal and then make sure that you've got those leads coming in and those five key concerns that people have. This is also a great time now to, to get your How We Work With You video mapped out. Uh, and because we've got a lot of members using our, our because we've got a marketing agency as well. I think John McKenzie uses our agency. Todd does as well. He's got a pipeline of, I think, like 25 million with work. Um if we could go to the next slide. So there have been some great wins coming up. Peter, I think you've been involved in these. If you can give us some highlights. Oh, yes. So I've been speaking with quite a lot, you know, speaking even with Jasmine, David's uh, office. Spoke with Alan today. Uh, spoke with a lot of these other members. But during these lockdown times, uh, knowing that, hey, we're stuck in the office, uh, we have to work uh, on the business. It's a great way to actually really look at your processes. And as you can see, there have been quite a lot of wins, starting with uh, stop doing list. And I'm going to repeat this every week. Stop doing list. We need to revisit. What are you doing right now that you shouldn't be doing? But by doing that and getting some time and can progress through the program, but also just within your business, just get all these wins. We've got some, a lot of new members here. Nick Fuster, $2 million contract, not signed, but going through the process. Daniel Hemis, second paid professional service job ever. He's never actually been able to do this. He's confidently doing it. And by doing the marketing that uh, Cam has put in, he's got 14 awesome leads. Uh, and out of them, four really good ones at $4, just over $4 a lead. But we've got all these wins and we asked him to put it on um, Facebook. So go in and look at it, but also post your wins. Personal and professional, guys. This is what we, all, we do it for. And uh, from all over the world as well. So... Let us know, Sam. Let us hear what your wins have been, especially uh, hopefully after lockdown. We can see more pictures of the hunting as well. Big St. Helier's job coming up for Sam soon. Uh, just adjust, <laughs> the adjust the fence out the back. Put a new umbrella up by, up by the pool. <laughs> My wife doesn't mean salmon omelette. <laughs> He can go. Uh, no. He can come quota for you. Your professional service was what five thousand? Was it, Sam? Oh. <laughs> That's it. I'll do a quote. I'll do a quote for it. Okay. Any any put to put um put together tables or anything? I'm. I'm sure you get paid for that quote though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, we've had some good ones though. We've been pushing pretty hard. Um, management team more than anything. Um, I've been full time on the computer regardless, and awesome, amazing. So we've got systems ready to roll out. It's been interesting because for the last few weeks we've been 
um, prior to lockdown, we were working quite heavy as a team on our team culture, um, just building that up because you can have as many systems as you want, but if they're not willing to pick it up, they don't care if they don't know the vision and all that. So I felt like I was kind of plateauing there for a while in terms of I put all of the stuff together and no one's really caring. Um, and we got into a real good momentum and we we're holding that. And then we've hit lockdown just like that. And we were just like, okay, we can't lose this. And we've been pushing pretty heavy doing Zooms and momentum's been awesome doing apprentice meetings that I've been holding and making sure the boys are uploading and all that. Um, so it's been a pretty good vibe for such a, I guess, a um, bad time period. Um, and we're just so excited to get back out there and make sure we can make up for this downtime. I think that's a, a good point, but also great delegation from you too, Sam. Seeing your sister come online to do her part of for the business, as well as you, Dave, Jasmine coming online without you, you know, having to. Um, Alan slowly getting his guys up as well. Um, so yeah, great delegation and great leadership because you you know passing that on for the business to run by itself without you having to be on that is very important. And I think you guys have done. Yeah. I was just talking to Warren Dunn who picked up, I think 14 master builders awards last month in Manawatu. He, uh, his big focus uh, is he's been growing like a weed is building his team and putting the systems in place for them to be able to follow it. And so Two of his older guys weren't that receptive. Uh, so he, they parted ways. And now the rest of the crew has come up massively. As you raise the bar for yourself, what you will and won't tolerate, others around you will either step up or step off. So the big one is holding those personal standards in both your personal life and your business life. And it, it will gravitate great people towards you because they'll see you've got a clear vision. You're not willing to accept poor performance. And as you hold yourself to a higher standard, other, other people will come along behind as well. Just coming in there, Marty, um, a quote that I heard uh, Scott, the great um, Canterbury coach, um, said to us the other day, he said, um, yeah, those that um, are being a little bit challenged at to the top, we create an opportunity for them to work elsewhere. Exactly. So, Free and, and I thought that was such a brilliant way of putting it. <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. Just a pity he's not the all-black coach in my mind. Can't argue with you there. Yeah. All right, uh, Peter, next one, cash. Uh, some simple strategies here to go through, and you should be doing these all the time. One, have a look through your profit P&L line by line. See which are you getting a return on and invest in mindset and marketing and systems are the key ones because they're going to enable you to be able to hire the right people and really smash things going forward. Uh, create an asset list of any assets that you might not be using that you want to free up. If you need to focus on uh, cash flow at the moment, then we've got the exact perfect training that we did uh, last year with uh, Liam Walker from BDO, who's one of the key um, principal accountants there, Russ and myself. So this goes through how to work out your exact cash position. It gives you the resources, how to do a cash flow forecast. It gives you the tools and the spreadsheets to go through. And then it gives you a structure of what actions to take 
for your daily program. It's a really good training. So if What's... you do, if you are worried about cash, highly recommend go, go and check this out. 30 day fast cash turnaround. It's on the membership site. We did it last year with uh, BDO principal accountant, Russ and myself. It's really, really good training. One of the, one of the things in the MRD also is, you know, we have our stop doing list, but also we need to do that for our building companies as well as in what aren't we going to do? Are we going to supply splashbacks in the kitchen? Yeah, you might make $200 on it, take the liability through it, have to invoice, have to get the cash in, all those sort of things. So there's a whole lot of little things in our businesses that we're probably doing that we actually really don't actually really make much money off and it just becomes a pain. So are you not better to recommend that your client goes and sorts his space back out, back down out there or, or even for that matter for kitchen companies, you know, you might recommend a kitchen company and you might be able to um, get a invoice in for a for referral fee or something like that as opposed to having to pay $20,000, $30,000 for a kitchen and, and suck, suck up your cash flow. So yeah, just all those little things. Actually, what we actually really make any true core money worth on the side, there's a whole lot of other little bits and pieces. You know, carpet, for example, you might carpet a house, might be six, $6,000. You might make yourself eight, $900. But, you know, so just have a think about what actually you're making your dollars on, especially when you're supplying materials. Because we make our most money on labor and obviously we lose our most money in labor as well. But some of those, you know, our, our timber, our, all those little bits and pieces, but those other little bits at the end, you know, hardware, et cetera, is there other ways to, to skin the cat, so to speak? Awesome. Uh, Mark is asking about the marketing agency. Mark, if you want to talk to Cam or John McKenzie or Todd Flashman or we've got about 35 people using the marketing agency. Uh, if you if you want help, have a chat with Cam. No obligation to see what he is going to help you marketing the most. All right, some of the other things you can do, have a look at the 151 ways to create an extra 500 to a grand per week. Great opportunity at this time, just what Russ was saying, exactly where do you make the money in the business. Uh, increase your bookkeeper or wife's, wife's or best offsiders hours to help get that uh, those invoices out quicker, improve cash flow. And then of course, have a look at the cash flow training. All right, Peter. Yeah, big opportunity, obviously hiring. Get your marketing sorted. And I'm not just talking about marketing for um, direct response for leads, Facebook. I'm talking about marketing for people. So we're gonna go over this in depth. Do you have a landing page with a video from all your team members on what it's like to work at your business? Do you have each job description mapped out with the perfect week, the default diary and the KPI. Do you have in that landing page, are you driving traffic to you? Do you have $500 or $1,000 incentive scheme that you're giving to your sub trades to anyone else in your group like BNI, Russ is doing BNI online, et cetera, so they can be out there marketing for you to find great guys. And are you looking to poach them? So you might pay that $1,000, 500 bucks up front when they start for you and then 500 bucks after uh, 90 days. Anything else anyone add, would add on big opportunities, hiring, marketing, looking for spec sites, etc. No, perfect. All right, next slide, Peter. All right, so big thing from today is go and have a look through the checklist, fill it in. Send your score back or post it below. What area is going to give you the biggest opportunity? 
over the next 30 to 90 days. Number two, if you do want to improve your cash flow, go and have a look at those 30-day fast cash turnaround. Then book in for your session with your coach. Uh, if you're not a member, comment game plan uh, in the Facebook group and we will have a chat with you to see A, if we can help you and then B, what are the specific strategies for your business. And lastly, we will hold a hiring, in-depth hiring and culture training. Would that be helpful for any Australians or people in the South Island or anyone uh, in civilization in Auckland? Sorry, any Cantabrian, Cantabrians are welcome as well. Aussie Cantabrians, mate. How about that one? Oh, it's like the worst of both of us, <laughs> isn't it? Jason, how are you going, mate? Jason, are you there? Like to the party. Yeah, <laughs> the, trying, to, the, trying to figure the out the party. sort of thing. No, I'm good. Thanks, Marty. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, brother. Whereabouts are you based, my man? Uh, just up in Auckland at the moment. Oh, whereabouts? Uh, Ellerslie. Perfect. Are you any good at installing umbrellas into a deck beside a pool? <laughs> Sam, did you delegate this to Jason already? <laughs> so, uh, Jason, uh, put, I gave him your number. That's, oh, um, that's one of his biggest strengths now is delegation. He's getting I real good it. on the day. <laughs> All right. I'm always getting better every time I see you too, Jace. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Those Trying to keep it nice and groomed man, during yeah, the lockdown. Too. All right. Okay, time for action. What I want you to do now, grab a bit of paper, write down what are three actions that you are going to take away from today and implement over the next week or two. Three actions. Could be mindset, could be hiring, could be marketing, could be systems. Look forward to seeing your paper, Jace. And yours, mate. <laughs> Great response. <laughs> and we we should I send the photos about the job? Jason at Strongville. <laughs> All right, David. David, you've got you've done very well for an Australian. You've got two out of three. Oh no, you've managed to get three. Fantastic. <laughs> I just didn't know how to put them all in the one passage money, that's all. Okay. So what are you going to do, David? So um, a fast action checklist, um, 30, fast, 30 fast cash turnaround. And like um, Russ said, I'm going to track my QS um, costs over the last 12, 12, 18 months. And apart from trying to hire new um, qualified builders, I will look at in-house QS. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. All right. Who, who else can type? Surely we don't just have the smartest Australian from the deep south with us. Mark, PA hiring. Yes. Awesome. If you, yeah, if you don't have a PA, then you are the PA. It's a great saying. Office setup. Awesome. And staff training. Nice. Come on, Sam, where's your list, mate? Number one, job in St. Heliers. Number two, install <laughs> umbrella. 
No, mine is to be the 30 day fast cash. I think I'm on, no, I'm on mute. Fast yep. cash turnaround. And mm-hmm. I definitely need to get back on the Zoom with Owen. I've been terrible, and so is he. With your team or with webinars or what? No, I just catch up. Sure. Realign. Okay. Right. Alan, what, what do you got there, Mr. Cantabrian? Uh, I'm not Cantabrian, but and, and anyway, uh, we let him, but we'll support Canterbury. Let him. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, so hiring, so still trying to source uh, um, PA, um, staff training, and marketing. Getting that more streamlined. Awesome. Uh, and what sort of marketing? Online, website, Facebook? Uh, Facebook, and then also start updating the website. So getting that actually looking better. Awesome. Have a session with Cam if you want some tips and yep. nudge in the right direction. Mr. McKenzie, listen to more Audible. What are you going to listen to? Yeah. Well, I've been listening to a bit of Audible, but uh, not too much in the last couple of weeks um, since I've been in the office here. But um, some great ones I have listened to was uh, was Profit First for Tradies. Um, mm. I'm about halfway through that, which is fantastic. Um, and the other one is Extreme Ownership. I listened to that a while back, about two months back, and that's um, it's been a great one of just taking ownership of decisions and things that go wrong uh, you sort of put it back in your own court and go, it's it's my problem to sort out. So um, instead yes. of blaming people for problems, it's there's something you can do better to teach them. Yep. Um, I, I found that I found that great. So listen to some of those ones that you've said today, Marty, and some of the other members. So there's always there's always more to listen to. It's great Atomic when you're habit. Them. Yeah. Okay. I'll have a look at that one. I did, I did extreme ownership and then atomic habits straight afterwards, go in line, leadership, but also yep. ownership, and then start making the changes. Yeah, I just downloaded that one, Marty. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I'm James about halfway through it. It's brilliant. Legacy. David, you'll love it. James Kerr legacy. <laughs> I just got that as well. And that's the same cop, same one though. Uh, this is the um, the upgraded bigger. That's, big that's the actual. Yeah, sign. Bloody ah. copy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, right. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that atomic habit habits. In fact, my New Zealand women's roller hockey team who are coached have all got a copy and they're all reading it. Oh, awesome. So, those so one good. percenters, you know. And it was based on that, well, they you gotta read it but about the British cycling team it was, mm. it was it was it was it was so cool. So yeah, they're all, they're all all reading and read that book. It's it's, it's actually quite cool. Mm. And lastly, Mark has is changing the model. Next level of management, give them all apprentices, creating three teams, and they're all keen to step up. And this will be a key focus for the next few weeks and months. All right, guys. I hope you've got uh, some great strategies to get on with today. Have a look at the trainings. Uh, reach out for help. Book in for the sessions. And I look forward to seeing your wins. And let's get out there and smash it. Thanks, Marty. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Cheers, John. See you next just remember, Sam. Just remember, guys, we are so fortunate. We don't own a cafe, we're not airline pilots, we're in, a, we're in an absolutely primo spot where we're construction business owners, and it's it's we're so lucky. We're very fortunate. I have no complaints. No. <laughs> right. See you,
Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Russ. See you later. Bye. Cheers, guys.